good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing... <laughs> well, um, my name is Joshua. I'm one of the youth leaders here, if you don't already know me. And uh, I do have the privilege of assisting Pastor Joey in the youth room. And uh, honestly, I've grown so much with the youth, and I've had the privilege of watching them grow that... Uh, uh, I'm just honored to uh, continue growing with them in this room with all of you. And uh, it's my hope and prayer that, um, especially for the seniors tonight, um, that you guys continue to grow in the love of Jesus Christ, to be rooted in the love of Jesus Christ, and that you continue to walk out your faith with boldness and also um, that you do not compromise the truth of the gospel. And so um, before we uh, head into um, this teaching, I do want to uh, take a moment and uh, pray. And so um, if you please join me. Um, <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I, uh, I thank you so much for everything you've done for us. I thank you so much for the youth in this room and for all of us that are here. Lord, it's by your Holy Spirit that we come to know your goodness, your faithfulness. It's by the example that Jesus Christ set for us. And it's by what you did for us on the cross, Jesus, that, that we know you love us. And so I just pray that you help us to learn how to love you more and to love others as you have called us, Lord. And if there's anyone in this room that does not know you, that they learn a new thing today about you, that together we can all come to know you better, and through that, that we can love you and each other more and more. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. amen. And so um, we will be in the book of Romans, uh, and we will be in chapter 13. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn there uh, with me, Romans chapter 13. And while you're turning there, I do want to give a little bit of a, a brief background as to what's been going on so far in the book of Romans. Um, Paul has really laid down some solid theology, um, writing to the Romans, and what he has really, really taken great care to write is that it is not by our works that we come to salvation. It's not by our works that we earn our ticket into heaven. It's not by balancing your good works um, or having more good works over your bad, but it is by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his sacrifice, that we are cleansed made righteous, made right with God, and that we have peace with God through Christ. It's by a person and not by our works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 <clears throat> say, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Then, starting in Romans 12, Paul really starts to get into the practicalities of our faith. After knowing now what we know about Jesus Christ, 
what do you do with it? Are, is it that you simply hear the truth, you hear the gospel, you hear the goodness of God, you hear about it, what do you, what do, you do with it? Are you sitting idle or are you walking out your faith? Are you practicing your faith, exercising your faith? Are you actually living as if you believe because you do believe? I heard a, uh, uh, an illustration once where there was uh, somebody that said that um, um, if you believe like, um, oh, wow, <laughs> it's kind of a weird example, but it's like one of the more extreme ones that I've, I, I've heard. And it, it, it kind of stuck with me that somebody said, if you believe that there was um, that this, you know, building was going to blow up, that there was a bomb, you would do everything you could in your power to like tell everybody and to run and tell them to just run for their lives. And, and um, in the same way, because we believe in Jesus Christ, we're to live our lives. It's not that, you know, oh, well, this place is going to blow. So, you know, that's okay. You know, like it, it's not like that. You, you act in a certain way. You act in such a way as to display that you do truly believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you do believe that he loves you. And so um, Paul does say that in verse one in chapter 12, he says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And so because of his mercy, because of his goodness, we offer ourselves to God. And he also in Romans 12, talks about how we are to be devoted, right? Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. We are to love each other. The Bible describes the church as the body of Christ. I mean, as I'm speaking to you, I'm moving my hands, I'm walk, you know, taking steps. My body is working together in unison to really convey right? A message. And so in the same way, the church is to work like that. We're, we're to work together, helping each other to convey the message that Christ has entrusted to us through his Holy Spirit. We are to preach the gospel, not just in word, but in action and deed, as the Bible says. And then Paul does talk about at the end of Romans 12, do not repay evil for evil. Right? He says, um, it's actually in verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. We're to love those who hurt us and pray to God for them. And that is difficult many times, especially in this, uh, in this world. It's pretty dark. And uh, we all have our share of hurts. And um, Paul, when he wrote this, it's not something that he made up. He's not just saying, you know, love one another because he just felt, you know, it felt good to write. Jesus, in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 12, says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. The Bible also says, right, going back to the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 19, 
verse 18, love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus uh, gave the parable of the Samaritan, um, he made it clear that our neighbors include all people, right? Whether that be uh, those in our household, whether that be those far away, um, enemies. And as Paul gets into it in um, chapter 13, even the authorities, uh, those governing authorities that we have over us. And I think that um, um, we can all have our own opinions, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all share two things in common. We are all made in the image of God, infinitely valuable to God. And Jesus Christ died for us because he loves us. He loves your enemies. He loves the governing authorities. He loves your family and he loves you. For the Bible says in John chapter 3:16, one of the one of the most um, famous verses, but John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Now, it can be difficult to love others. It can be difficult to walk out God's calling for your life. It is difficult, especially when we've been let down time and time again. But are you waiting until you feel like loving in order to start loving? Are you waiting until you feel like following God to start following God? Are you waiting for others to show you love before you choose to show them love? Now, my friends, uh, Jesus commands us to love. And how can that be? Well, to love the way that Christ does, we must first understand what love is and where it comes from. First John 3.16, so not John 3.16, but First John, the epistle 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So it's because of the love that Jesus displayed to us that we are to love one another and that we are to love others. It's not simply waiting till we feel like loving, till we feel like obeying. It's out of a response to what Jesus did for us, for me. And uh, this wasn't a part of my notes, but the Bible does say this in Romans chapter five. And uh, I lost it, but I will find it. It's right here, verse, uh, verse eight, Romans chapter five. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so Jesus did not wait until we loved him. He did not wait to 
feel like it. But because he loved us, because he could not see eternity without you, he laid down his life, came in the flesh, died on the cross, cleansed us of our sins, rose from the grave and, ascend, uh, grave and ascended to heaven and now lives to intercede on our behalf. And so out of a response for what Christ did for me, we are to love. And so um, with that, uh, let us begin reading <laughs> Romans chapter 13. Um, <clears throat> I'll read verses one through seven. Paul says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And so how does this relate? <laughs> well, I mean, the governing authorities, our governments consist of people. They consist of people. And as, as Paul has really kind of sandwiched this part um, into the scriptures, just before he talked about um, not, re um, not repaying evil for evil, he says in verse 21, overcome evil with good. And then afterwards, starting in verse 8, he starts again to talk about this, this, uh, this teaching that Christ has given us to love one another. And so um, with the authorities, I mean, if you are to come against them, if you were to go against them, you are actually going against God's design. And therefore, you're going against God himself. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And Jesus himself did that very thing. When Jesus emptied himself, as the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself of his glory, came down in the flesh, and in the book of uh, Mark, chapter 10, Jesus says that he came not to be served, but to serve. When Jesus stood in front of Pilate, Pilate said, don't you understand that I have the power to have you crucified? My life, or your life, is in my hands. But Christ said that he would have no power. You have no power, Pilate, other than the power that God has given you. 
And so it is God's design, right? Um, if we humble ourselves, Jesus does say you will be exalted. But if you exalt yourself, make yourself more important, then you will be humbled. And I don't think any of us want that. <laughs> but um, God calls us to honor the authorities and to submit to them because not only does he want what's best for them, but he wants what's best for us. We do it not because we have to, but because we want to. We want to obey God's commands to love our neighbors as ourselves, even those who are our authorities. Now, does this mean that um, we do everything that the government tells us, you know, even if it's wrong? And the answer is no. Our allegiance first is to God. But even when we disobey the rules of man to um, obey the commands of God, we do so peacefully in a way that is God-honoring. Take uh, Daniel, for example. And uh, I remember uh, it was a couple weeks ago, we, uh, the, we were listening to uh, Joey uh, give this example, and I'm kind of stealing from you, Joey. <laughs> uh, but uh, Daniel, for example, was taken from his home, and yet he submitted to King Nebuchadnezzar, um, did not take his rights as an Israelite um, to really... Um, 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 exalt himself against the king and say, well, do you know who you're messing with? We're the chosen people of God. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, instead, he submitted to the king's um, kingship. And, and then David, I'm sorry, Daniel, though he disobeyed the royal decree, there was a royal decree that went out that said that um, all the people in the kingdom of Babylon, they were not to pray to any gods or anything except to the king. But Daniel did not listen, right? And so we are to honor God above men. He did not listen. He still prayed to God. And it, it did distress King Darius to throw Daniel into the lion's den. But after seeing how God delivered Daniel from the lions, the king exalted the Lord. And we actually have record of a letter that King Darius sent out to all the people saying to fear God and to reverence him, for he is able to deliver. And so when we submit, when we obey the authorities and humble ourselves under their, uh, under their authority for us, um, I believe that it's because God wants that same result. He wants them to see Christ shining through us, it's not, because, um, it's not because God enjoys seeing us oppressed or anything like that, even though, you know, I don't think we are being oppressed. But, um, but there are places where people, especially our brothers and sisters, are facing a lot of persecution and a lot of oppression because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, thank God that we live in a, a country that's free to worship, but... But what God wants us to do is to shine the light of Christ in such a way that, um, that we show them who he is in our lives and that even when we disobey them, he is able to deliver us from anything. And so we honor God's authority, obey his commands, and that is how we love 
those in authority. Verse 8, we'll continue. I mean, Paul then says this, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, the Bible does make it clear that it is impossible to fulfill God's requirements on our own. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so this passage is not saying that we are able to fulfill the law of God on our own, but rather it is through Christ, through Christ, that God regards us as perfect in his sight. Jesus died for our sins to cleanse us of our sins, the filth that we have carried with us for so long. Jesus died for us so that we would not have to carry that anymore. And we can't, you know, bring our sins to God or bring our good works and say, Lord, aren't I beautiful? Aren't I awesome? Uh, to God, no, it's... it's it's, it's, it's filth. It's, it's hurting us. We're diseased. But Jesus said that it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And so we need Christ. We need Christ because he's the only one that can take away this disease that is called sin. And so Jesus went to the cross, died for us, so that that sin problem could be taken care of so that we would not have to see the second death. But though we are not perfect in this life, even after being saved, though we're not perfect, we strive to live as the one who is perfect. For the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And so if you are in Christ today in this room, if you are in Christ and you proclaim Jesus as your Lord and Savior, are you living like him? Now, I don't stand up here and, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I live perfectly either because I don't. All of us are sinners and we all need the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we exalt him together. And that's why we come to worship because we worship the Lord Jesus Christ because he is amazing. He's perfect. And he delivered us. And because he delivered us, we can now live at peace with God, not having to worry about, you know, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? We don't worry about that. Because we know that we are safe in the hands of the Father. And so when we say that Jesus is our Lord, we live in gratitude towards him. We live as Christ lived because he loves God and he loves us. He died for us because he loves us and he wants us to love him back. That's all. That's the relationship with Christ. 
that he wants, a loving relationship. And so Paul says in Romans 13, verse 11, if you look there with me, he says, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. You know, why are you sleeping on this? Wake up, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. And so verse 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two say, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so if there's anything in your life that's holding you back, if there's any this anger maybe that you feel, that you harbor towards people, and this is not a part of my notes either, but... Um, I was reading this earlier in the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Paul writes this. Therefore, uh, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 12 in Colossians. um, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And all those, and sorry, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so because Christ forgave us and forgave you, you who are angry, know that Christ is not angry with you. He's not. He's not crossing his arms at you, but he loves you. He calls you because he forgave you. And so because he forgave you, when you are in Christ, he enables you to forgive others and to feel the peace that God feels. And so... um, When Paul says in verse 12, he says, put on the armor of light. And as we read in Colossians 3, we're to to live in such a way as to display the light of Christ in our lives. Live in such a way that displays Christ's goodness, his love to others. That is the armor of light. Jesus Jesus is our light, and so we shine the light of Christ into the light of uh, the life of others. But we have to we have to let go of some things. We have to let go of those things that that entangle us, that hurt us, and hurt others. Verse thirteen, Romans thirteen, verse thirteen. Paul says, "Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness." not in sexual morality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, 
clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. We can't do that on our own. Bible says, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, um, and I, I think about this because sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, I sinned once or twice, or there's this, there's this little area of my life that I kind of want to keep secret. You know, I think that, that that's okay. I think God's okay with it. But the thing is that when Adam and Eve sinned, it was just one sin that separated them from God. One sin that separated them. And so our sins are serious in the eyes of God. Very serious. But the thing is that even though they did sin, the Bible does say, you know, they, they were naked and they, they tried to cover themselves. So they tried to, they tried to um, figur- figuratively, through their own works, they tried to um, have what they once had, right? They were clothed in righteousness, they lost it. So they tried to make up for it with their own works. But instead, you know, instead of God coming down on them, you know, in, in, in such a way as to, you know, he could have just wiped them out, but he didn't. Instead, he clothed them. He clothed them and gave them clothes that, that would... Um, and I'm trying to think of the word for it, but clothes that were meant for the journey that they were going to take um, in the world. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own, but we need God. We need Jesus to be clothed in his righteousness, to be clothed in him because he is our righteousness. We need him. And if you think you don't, well, then I'm sorry. But God loves you. And, and I think about this. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking about this movie. Uh, this, have you guys seen this movie, Jesus Revolution? And at the, <laughs> that's a good movie. I, I think about in that movie where uh, this guy Lonnie, that as he's preaching on this uh, high school campus, and he's he's he says at the end, um, and he offers a choice. He says, "Jesus, you know, Jesus also said that those who don't who do not gather with me scatter." And so it's a decision that you have to make. Will you decide to follow Christ? Will you decide to let him clothe you, let him forgive you, let him clean you up? Or will you decide to go your own way, to do your own thing, to figure it out on your own? Now, I've found in my own life that to choose Christ is the best decision I could have ever made. And going back to what Paul is saying in this book, loving others, following God's commands, it comes from understanding how much Christ loves us, how much he loves you and me. And uh, it's interesting because uh, I remember um, 
it was a, a little while ago, I want to say maybe a year ago, I remember that I had gone through a really dark period in my life. I, I, I stopped going to church. I stopped going to services, and I was um, kind of soured towards a specific type of service that they offer over at the Melbourne campus called the Harbor. And uh, I remember that, that my sister, she wanted to go, and, and she invited me to go, and, and, and I, I was kind of iffy about it, and I was praying, and, and I felt like God wanted me to go, so I went. And when I was there, and the worship was going on, and everybody was singing, and I was just feeling just horrible. I was feeling really bad. I did not want to be there. And I, I looked back, and it was because I looked at the people around me, and I, I, I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I didn't belong somehow, like I didn't relate. And, and I, I walked out of worship, and I, I went to the parking lot, and I started complaining to God and praying and asking, you know, Lord, why'd you bring me here? Why, why am I here? Why'd you tell me to come to the harbor and, 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 and go to the service? These people, and the, I remember the one thing that I kept thinking about was these people don't care about me. They don't care about me. So, you know, why am I here? But then what's interesting, what's funny, is that the Holy Spirit flipped that on me, and he said, well, do you care about them? And at the time, I had to be honest with him. And I said, and this sounds really bad, <laughs> but uh, I, I said, no, uh, not really. I, no, I, I, I don't. I don't care. But I want to care. I, I, I want to care. And so I, I remembered and, and I was reminding myself of all these scriptures, the, the, what the Bible says, love others as you love yourself. You know, love others over yourself, remembering that Jesus loves others. And so I, I was just, you know, reminding myself of these things. And I was like, okay. And I, I was kind of feeling on fire, you know, a, a little bit at the moment. I was like, you know what? Okay. So I'm going to go back and, and I'm going to show these people how much I care about them, how much I love them. And it's only been like a few minutes. Oh, God. I still don't care, God. <laughs> I still don't care. But then, then he said, and, it, and when I say he said, it's not like I was hearing an audible voice, but the Holy Spirit, he speaks in such a way that when he speaks to you, you just, you just know it's him. You just know it. And he said, show them how much I care. Okay, God. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, God, I can do that. You know, this love does not come from me. It comes from you. So help me to love others because you love others. You love them. You love my enemies. You love the governing authorities. You love those in my household who cause me trouble. You love those people at work that cause me trouble. But you also love those who I love too. And you want me to love them more and more every day and to grow in my love for you every day. And so it goes back to the cross, to what Jesus did. And so in any stage of your life, whatever it is, remember the cross. 
remember the love of Jesus Christ for you, that he shed his blood for you, the sacrifice he made for you, because he loves you. And let that be the fuel, the motivation for living out your faith in Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your goodness. I just pray, God, that you bless every single person in this room. And Lord, that through your Holy Spirit, we come to know your truth, to understand more and more the love you have for us so that we can love others, so that we can surrender ourselves to you. And I I do pray right now, if there's anyone in this room that does not have your Holy Spirit, that does not have the peace of God in them, but they want that, and they hear this message and believe that Jesus, you are our Savior, that you did cleanse us of our sins because of what you did for us on the cross, Lord, speak to them. Give them peace in their hearts now. If that's you in this room, reach out to God. Reach out to him by faith. Take hold of the gift that he has for you, the gift of salvation, of righteousness, peace with God through Jesus Christ because of what he did for you. Pray to him and say, Lord Jesus, Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for walking away from you. Forgive me for ignoring you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for everything you've done for me, though I took no notice. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit now to live in me and to guide me through my life. Teach me to love others and to love you just as you love me and love the Father. It's in your name, Jesus, we all pray. Amen.